I'm not pulling out of my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another Drive to Work Coronavirus Edition. So I've been lining up some fun interviews, and today, someone from Wizards. It's Dave Humphreys. Hi, everyone. Okay, so Dave, I'm going to start with the question I've been asking everyone, which is, how did you start playing Magic? Um, I started playing Magic during my spring break of, uh, I guess it was 1994, my senior year in college. And uh, I had a bunch of, a couple of my high school friends had been really into gaming and we played games kind of together all through high school and went down over spring break. One of my friends had uh, bought some cards and was playing with my other friend and they're like, you got to check this out. It's great. Um, And yeah, I I picked it up over spring break and kind of kept playing it every once in a while. I showed some friends at college when I got back there and had really been playing mostly ever since. Okay, so... You started playing, what set did you start playing with? Um, I mean, technically, like when I first went into stores and got cards, it was with Unlimited. Unlimited was pretty much what was available. Um, okay. And shortly around that time, Antiquities, I think I found in stores as well. Okay, so um, the first time I remember interacting with you or, or knowing your name is um, at the Ice Age pre-release. Yeah, so, yeah, it's been a while, but yeah, that was a, a worldwide pre-release, sort of a one-of-a-kind in that sense. Um, it was the largest event for a very long time. It was simultaneous with Canadian Nationals, so, uh, like Darwin Castle, one of the people that I played Magic with a ton, as many of you know from like Team Your Move Games, uh, he drove us to Toronto to go play in this pre-release from Boston, so we you know made a big road trip to go to this event It had... You know, it was advertised the first prize was a diamond, um, like three diamonds and an Ice Age medallion. And you won a couple boxes of Ice Age, which I guess is not as amazing compared to that. But yeah, so, um, yeah, it was just this cool, special one-off event. Um, it had a lot of funny things going on in the event where this is still when you played for Anti and I don't, you, you couldn't get all the lands you wanted. I mean, maybe you could have swapped a couple lands, I think, but I remember... Like, I would play someone, I beat them, I won their mountain, and they're like, hold on, I need to, like, sideboard, because now I don't have enough mountains to play red in this <laughs> this limited event anymore. So it was a much different age, and, uh, yeah, I mean, there were, you know, there was someone that told me they were afraid to play their Icy Manipulator um, in the tournament because it was for anti, but so, <laughs> very different environment. <laughs> okay, so a little behind the scenes here is when we were putting together the first Pro Tour, we wanted to get a list, and we were trying to get as many pros as we could to the event. Um, and I threw your name on the list because you had won this. You had won the Ice Age pre-release. I'm like, there's a name. Let's let's invite Dave. And so we threw your name on the invite list. So I know you got invited to the very first pro tour. So what was that like? Yeah, it was, it was exciting. Um, yeah, I, re- I remember a lot of my friends had to call in to try to you know get one of the slots. So I was glad I didn't have to deal with that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was exciting. I mean, I, it, it was a disappointing event for me at some level because I started the event 5-0 and and I think I just needed to win either of my last two rounds. It was only like seven rounds before the cut to top, uh, whatever, it was 16 maybe for that one. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I went 5-0, just had to win one of my last two rounds. Um, I lost to like Eric Tam and Dennis Bentley in the last two rounds. And, you know, they just, they had cards that were well poised for what I was trying to do, like, Dennis Bentley played his Autumn Willow before, or yeah, before I could play mine, which at the point meant I, that the legend rule at the time, I couldn't play mine and I just lost, you know, or it was kind of a, a close thing. And, uh, but yeah, I, I had a, 
I had a goofy deck that had four Sinbads in it, um, which is, I don't know, not as good as a lot of other options that could be playing at that time. But I, I, had, a, I had a tendency to play really kind of offbeat decks. And, you know, I had four control magics. And, you know, that was my favorite go-to removal when everybody else was playing other sorts of stuff like Swords to Plowshares or whatever. Okay, so I think you're, I mean, you obviously went on to be a Hall of Famer. Um, probably, I guess, your biggest event was, what, Washington, D.C.? Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I mean, certainly that felt like one of the most important events where, yeah, that was, we're thinking of the same thing that, yeah, the first team pro tour um, I played again with Darwin Castle and Rob Doherty. We, uh, yeah, we, we just did very well in that event. I mean, that, that event, like, I look back and, um, the, the people that I played in my seat, so I played in the middle seat, which, I don't know, a lot of people tended to have, again, good players in middle seats, but just good teams in general where, like, I, I think how much I can go backwards in memories, but, like, in the finals, I played, um, I'm going to forget, Alan Comer, a Hall of Famer. Um, before that, um, losing internet a little bit here, but before that, I lost, I played against uh, Steve OMS in the semifinals. I played against Mike Long in the last round of Swiss to advance to the top four. Before that, during the day, I played like, you know, pe people that you know by first names. I, you know, I played against Randy and I played against Kai and I played against like almost every person I played against in day two. And the top four was like a future Hall of Famer. It was, it was, you know, pe people look back at some of the old events and, oh, those were kind of easy. That was a different time. But yeah, like, again, team events in general tended to have like really good competition by the time you got to later rounds. And that, that event was, it was pretty special. Like I, I think I, I had figured out some stuff about predicting what people would do in sealed deck where like it was sort of just a given that you expected everyone to have black in the left seat of that Rochester draft. So I kind of predicted that the person in the left seat would all play, also say, play black in the sealed event portion. And then we metagamed our sealed decks to take advantage of that and expect to play against the black deck and play good decks against black decks in that season. So at least I think that got us well poised to get into day two with a good record. And then, you know, we, you know, obviously had a really good team given that my whole team is in the hall of fame now. <laughs> okay. So you obviously had a very illustrious pro tour career. You got, you got into the pro tour hall. What was that like getting inducted to the pro tour hall of fame? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was really fulfilling. I mean, I, again, I I was in a way kind of surprised in the, the first year. So I was inducted into the second year. The first year I finished kind of disappointing in my mind. Um, I don't even re really remember exactly where I was, but, you know, like maybe 8th or ninth or 10th or something. Um, again, that balloting was a little different. So, I mean, it, it was... It was surprising and rewarding to finish then second in the class of the next year. I, I think some of that came down to... Oh, came down to... Uh, so Dave just froze up here. So, uh, okay, we're going to call Dave back. This is one of the funds of live... Uh, let's see, okay. Hey, Dave, you back? All right. Okay. I'm back. So I don't know where you guys lost me, but yeah, um... So yeah, it, like the, the first year I didn't have quite the resume based on stats, and then the second year I just had very good stats compared to the the people that were left in it. Um, but yeah, it, it was hugely satisfying. I mean, it was fun to go through the induction ceremony. It was fun to be able to like you know the wizards flew out of guests, and I, I brought my mom out with me to that event, and I think it was really important and special for her to be able to be part of that. You know, as someone who had supported sort of my hobbies through all my life. Um, yeah, it was just. Really satisfying. I mean, again, at that point, Magic wasn't 
wasn't something that I was quite as involved and passionate about, but it, it was yeah a, a really special weekend and event for me. Okay, so you have a, a very illustrious career as a pro player. So how how did I mean how did that transition to later being a Wizards employee? Yeah, so I mean, it, yeah, it became a sort of a roundabout thing where, um, so after, so I, I was in grad school, I was at, in grad school at MIT, um, got a PhD in biology, studying epigenetics, um, so but it, it's sort of a weird starting place in general to be where I am now, um, but the, all, all of my pro play was during that window, mostly when I was in grad school. Uh, I After that, you know, I had a good friend take a take a job in game design for uh, one of Magic's competitors. And so, yeah, I was working as a game designer for about seven years um, after I had finished up grad school. I finished up grad school, took a year to travel. I actually was Magic very seriously around that time. I had like back-to-back world's top fours right after grad school. Um, and then, but then, yeah, then, then after that, it's like, all right, I you know, need to figure out what I'm doing. I took a full-time game design job, did that for seven years. That... I, I could tell that, yeah, thing, things were at a point where I needed to move along, along from that position. And I contacted actually Mike Turian was the first person I contacted. And like, you know, I was like, look, I, you know, I'm really I'd really love to work for Wizards. You know, do you, you think you can help me get the process rolling and, you know, talking to the right people? And before I knew it, I had an interview um, to be a development manager, um, which was, again, uh, yeah, sort in some ways, sort of a new role there at the time. Um, but yeah, I, I was a development manager, and that was my first position. And I have since transitioned to being pretty much full time designer and not manager. But okay, so what was the what was the first set you worked on? The first, I mean, the first. So the first set I led was Alice and Restored. The first set that I worked on, where I feel like I was, well, the first set that I think I was on a, the a development team for was M twelve sort of halfway through the, the first set that I was on all the way through for set design was in Estrad. Okay. And then the first set you led was Avacyn Restored? Yep. Yep. So that's, that's pretty, pretty fast for, for Wizards. That's very fast. Yeah, <laughs> and you had experience, you know, yeah. obviously. I feel like very, very few people <laughs> had, yeah, kind of come in and been given that trust. I mean, <laughs> in some ways it might have shown that I took on that set a little too early since it, it had some some issues. But, I mean, there's a... There's a lot that I'm proud about with Avacyn Restore as well. So let's, let's talk about Avacyn Restore a little bit. So what, what was the essence of designing that like? Um, well, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was also tricky at the time where, like, you know, we just introduced double-faced cards with Innistrad. We didn't really know how those were going to pan out. Um, I mean, it turns out they went over very well, but <laughs> I know we were a little bit nervous about continuing them with Avacyn Restored, so that's why that set in part doesn't have them. But um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I loved... You know, I feel like a lot of my designs are pretty ambitious. Uh, you know, I, again, I was following up more on like Brian Tinsman's lead and whatnot. But um, you know, miracles were ambitious. Um, was trying to out a lot of new different things in limited as well. Like sort of the the loner mechanic is uh, I think I referred to it in like centered in black, where you know you're trying to have just one creature and things like that. But um, yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the themes there. I love, I, I think there are a lot of outstanding individual card designs in there that I'm proud of. Um, but yeah, it's it, it was a it was a a fun set. I mean, I, I love sort of the you know the angelic and demonic aspect to that set as well. Okay, so what was the next set you led? 
let's see if I can remember the order of things. Um, it was probably Gatecrash, or am I forgetting something in between? <laughs> well, after Innistrad would have been... Um, uh, is it Return? Yes, yeah, Return to Ravnica. After Innistrad, it's Return. No, no. Uh, right, it was Return to Ravnica. So Kate Crash yeah, will be your next so one. Kate Crash was my next one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, right, right into another large set. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah, that that set certainly had more. You know, I, I got to follow Eric Lauer's lead on Return to Ravnica, and you know, I feel like that was sort of a more structured, you know, a very well structured set, and that I knew what what I needed to do. I mean, again, that. That set ended up being faster and limited than I would have liked, but uh, otherwise, that yeah, that set went over well, I think. Okay, so your next set after that is Journey to Nyx? Journey to Nyx, yep. So um, talk a little about Journey to Nyx. Yeah, uh, see, so yeah, see if I can even remember all the handoffs. So yeah, that Ethan Fleischer was the, yeah. the design lead handing off to me. Um, Right. I mean, that, that, set, that set was, you know, sort of in the window when we were still trying to figure out what to do exactly with third sets or what was the flow. I mean, we, we held back a lot for that set. Like, we were hold, holding back um, the Constellation mechanic, right? Which, yeah, the enchant- all the Enchantment Matter stuff we, we held back for the third set. Right. So, yeah, I, mean, I think, I, think I, I wish that some of that stuff had hit harder and constructed. I mean, like Doomwake Giant and some other stuff, if I'm remembering the card name right, you know, did, did make a difference and did impact the formats. Um, you know, I, I, there was stuff like Eidolon and Blossoms and stuff. There, 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 was, there was cool stuff there. I mean, I, I feel like we were stretching by that point on some of the stuff like Bestow. Like, I had all those goofy Bestow creatures <laughs> that all had drawbacks that you'd like maybe even sometimes put on your opponent's creatures and um but yeah we, we were you know stretching with some of the other stuff um that was there but um you know and, and the gods like with the blue red god uh like Karanos, yeah it was you know pretty big hit but a lot of, a lot of the gold gold gods we kind of missed on in those um post theros sets okay so after journey to nyx now we get into khan's block you did fate reforge is that right yeah, I did Fate Reforged. I, I also finished up um, Dragons of Tarkir. Okay. Um, right, so yeah, that, that was <laughs> the the whole structure of yeah having Fate Reforged needing to work with both the other sets was certainly a challenging and fun project. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like I really liked what we did with some of the legends and yeah, just what we did with hybrid mana like Tassiger and um, you know even just what the Remember the the white creature that you could kind of copy spells with red or blue hybrid mana. Um, there was a, there was a lot of cool fun stuff there. I mean, I did like how that set played with other stuff. Um, Fate, Fate Reforge, I know, is one of the sets that I got a lot of criticism from, uh, at least especially our most competitive players, about how bomby there were like lots of limited bombs that was super well appreciated. Um, but again, I feel like I'm sort of notorious for that. Anyways. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was set. It was fun. I mean, Dragons of Tarkir. So yeah, like what Ken Nagel handed off Fate Reforged to me. Dragons of Tarkir. I took over from Tom Lapilli. Um, got got lead the division. Yeah, I get the design. Know. Yeah, right. So a lot a lot of the structure for that was set up before I took over it. But um, yeah, certainly I played a big role in what the final bit of that looked like. But Tom, Tom had set up most of the structure and a lot of the the general design of what was going on there. Okay, so after 
Let's see. Next, we get into uh, Battle for Zendikar. Is that right? Uh, yeah. What did you do? Did, yeah. did you do? Did you do Oath of the Gatewatch? I did not. No, I was on to uh, if if I'm in the right year. That's Shadows. Yeah, Shadows of Innistrad. You did Shadows of Innistrad. I did Shadows over Innistrad. Okay. Yeah, with Got- Mark Gottlieb did the design lead. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think Shadows. Shadows is just like an all around solid set. I mean, I don't. Yeah, there wasn't too much groundbreaking. I mean, Delirium was. I feel like the mechanics we went with there were kind of risky in their own way. Like Delirium is kind of an unusual mechanic, as is Madness. Um, you know, I, I think there are some. Gottlieb does an amazing job of just some standout designs that you know got through the process, like Thing in the Ice and some other really just you know some of my all-time favorite cards in terms of design and creative. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I, I think limited. You know, I was really trying to like. It's hard to do. Innistrad again, given like Innistrad's held up as, you know, one of the best all time limited sets. And I, I certainly was, you know, trying to focus as much as possible on getting limited right. I think we did, you know, I think we did a very good job there. I mean, it was, you know, not necessarily going to live up to the best set of all time, but I, I think the limited was very good there. The, I mean, I think the creative was creative and design meshed well there. I mean, I, I think overall I'm, I'm very pleased with that set. Okay. So now we get into Kaladesh. Uh, Oh, you did Amonkhet, right? Did Amonkhet, yeah. So, what what was Amonkhet like? Uh, I mean, Amonkhet. Amonkhet was a yeah fun set. Um, you know, there was sort of trying to figure out what to do with gods was tricky and challenging. Um, for the, for the most part, I'm happy with how that all worked out. I mean, Hazret ended up kind of pushing the format and more oppressive ways than I would have wanted. And what Amonkhet's, uh, you know, glory bringer was like the, the bane of limited <laughs> rare. Um, but yeah, again, a faster limited format than I would have wanted. Um, that set, I mean, I, I think we've said, you know, before, I, I think that set had a, just a little bit too much going on. Um, I know I struggled with that set just in terms of minus one, minus one counters, I feel are like really hard to deliver on in a satisfying way. I know that, Right, like a lot of a lot of you know, we we certainly want to vary up what we're doing set to set and give players new challenges and all. But you know, like a lot of magic magics plus one plus one counters are just a really good mechanic. And if you do have minus one minus one counters and you can't do that, then it's like, I don't know, it, it's 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 hard when yeah, like you're going to tear things down and make things weak and less powerful and games be more grindy and yeah, it, it's I, I feel like that's a very hard starting point. Like I know. I've questioned how much we want to do minus one, <laughs> minus one counters ever again. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure there are going to be fans here that are upset with that, and I don't know that I'll get my way, but... Um, That's tricky. Right, it, it, yeah, it, it's just, it, it's a tricky design place to start from, and I, I, I you know, I, I think I had pushed for some of the more unusual designs where you're, you were trying to use minus one, minus one counters almost like a resource, and I, I think I had a lot of cool ideas that were going on in that regard. I mean, the, the execution of in limited worked pretty well. I think in constructed, that's kind of hard to get to work well. And that, that's the other thing with minus one, minus one counters in constructed is you mostly want to kill off creatures. You don't want to maim creatures. And at the point where, right, like, yeah, you, you, like you can't really afford to be leaving creatures behind and their abilities behind. So um, it was just, yeah, a tricky set. I mean, I, I think overall, I think, you know, Embalm was really cool. Um uh, aftermath cards, you know, like again, a lot of people didn't love the the frame execution there, but I think like 
in general, those cards were really cool. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think a lot of the other elements of the set there I really liked. Um, but yeah, we, we were, we, we had probably too much stuff going on in that set to all deliver on well. Okay, so next we get Ixalan Year, uh, and then after Ixalan was Dominaria. Did you work on anything yep. that year? Yeah, so Dominaria I led. So that was my first set design lead. So, I mean, I, I imagine you've given some amount of background on that. I mean, yeah. Eric, it was technically handed off to Eric Lauer for a couple months. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so, again, a lot of that just being more like, yeah, I had a lot more responsibility on that set than most of my previous sets. Like, I had a lot more time to try to carve out how things would work, and I had the benefit of Eric trying to provide some of the initial structure. Um Right. So, yeah, I mean, Dominaria, like, was super well-received. I mean, it was fun to be working on that set, given, you know, I had been playing since 94. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there's a lot of fun, nostalgic stuff to work with. Um, I feel like, yeah, we, we could rely on a lot of the resonance that's provided by sort of, yeah, the, the more traditional fantasy elements there, yeah, I think just overall we delivered really well. I mean, the set's pretty straightforward. Sagas, I think, are like a home run. Um, you know, I I'd done a lot to try to simplify like the saga execution that I'm I'm glad I pushed on. To, yeah, like I don't think we needed to do anything more fancy than we did there. Um, the legendary one per pack and just legends in general, I think, were a hit. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it, you know, it's it's one of those sets that our fans. Many fans have told me how much they love that set, both in Constructed and Limited, and a set, yeah, that I'm really proud on, and that I, yeah, I'm glad I got the opportunity to do a lot of work on it. Okay, so the next year is Guilds of Ravnica, Ravnica Allegiance, and War of the Spark, and I know you are War of the Spark. Yeah, I'm War of Spark, which which you did the vision design for. Right? <laughs> I, I, uh, I did. <laughs> so yeah, War of the Spark again. Yeah, War of the Spark again. In contrast to Dominaria, War, War of the Spark again is was super ambitious set, knew that going in. I mean, it was also fun as the first event set and trying to define what that means where this, yeah, the set's more about, yeah, kind of the story than some of the other things that you, you know, that the set would otherwise be about. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad, I'm glad we pushed for, or I pushed for some of the stuff we ended up doing. Like again, the, the one planeswalker per pack, the uncommon planeswalkers, Right, I mean, we... You're, you're king of one per pack. That seems to be... I am, well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't even... Again, it was funny. Ethan Fleischer was the one that sort of recommended one legend per pack for what would have been, like, a second Dominaria set, and then that that wasn't... And it didn't end up going through for the, the follow-up set. Um, and you used it, yeah. And then, yeah, so, yeah. I, once he's like, all right, well, once we couldn't do that, I, I totally was, all right, this is a great idea. Ethan's idea is great. I'm going to do it here. And then, like, I liked how it worked for Dominaria. Let's do it again for War. Um... So yeah, well, I mean, yeah. one of the things I want to point out, that I, I, you know this, but I, the audience might not, is that one of the things that you like to do is you like to be on the vision design team as well as the set design. I mean, you lead the set design team, but you are on the vision teams of the sets you lead, which not all yep. set designers do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of this, in terms of the handoff, I mean, hist historically, I know, just like process-wise, there's there have been hurt feelings and sort of rework and all, all sorts of issues that arise from like, oh, well, design early design hands off to later design where that was in the process for as we transition stuff and right like 
there, there's sort of the like, oh, well, why didn't you tell me this earlier? Why couldn't we have worked at this earlier? And I, yeah, I, I just want to be on the early part of the process to as early as I think things aren't going to work, like try to steer things in other directions. I mean, I, I try to be at the same time, very hands off. I try to not design cards, not design mechanics all that much in that early process. But I, I just, yeah, I, I'm looking to steer things. Like if I, if I, if I can tell I'm likely going to need to change thing, or if I need, like, I need you to help solve this problem that I'm not sure I'm going to be able to solve. I want to be in those meetings and trying to get those discussions happening as early as they can. Um, were you nervous when I handed over 36 planeswalkers? No, no, not, not really. I mean, again, I, I feel like I had sort of... You were there. I mean, you were there at the Vision part, so yeah. Right. I mean, I, I had, in, had even, you know, like, I think you proposed going up to some very large number, and I'm like, Mark, we can just go all the way to, you know, whatever <laughs> we need to one per pack. So I, I, I wasn't I wasn't intimidated by that. I mean, again, like, right, you've already talked about how we said some other mechanics more like skirmish and things like that that I just... Yeah. I didn't have confidence in, and that, you know, again, that was the sort of thing where I liked being on the earlier part of the process. Um, yeah, I mean, war. Yeah, war. I'm again super proud of. I mean, I think, I think we made some. You know, we certainly made some power level mistakes. Um, you know, certain. You know, like again, not not to the point where we've you know had to deal deal with them in standard. I guess it's let's say, but like yeah, you know, car, cards like you know, to ferry certainly ended up more oppressive than we would have wanted or I would have wanted. And like, you know, I, I do, I do hope people can see beyond some of the, the outliers in terms of power. I mean, I, I think a lot of what we did for uncommon planeswalkers and rare planeswalkers was really excellent and fun. Um, there are just a lot of cool designs. I think like we really hit on the core identity of the planeswalkers really well. Like, you know, we, we designed to the planeswalkers well, like I'm, I'm proud of those designs. I'm, I think again, this other than planeswalkers, like the set actually was pretty straightforward. Just like you know, th this is magic in the way that people appreciated about Dominaria, like proliferate. Um, you know, it was a returning mechanic that wasn't doing anything too out there, and cons you know, uh, a mass. I guess conscript is what it called earlier. Uh, a mass also was just you know, I, I think pretty fun, good, solid gameplay. I mean, I, I do. I think limited gameplay for War was more, more polarizing. I mean, I. I I personally love War Limited. I, I think it's really, really good. But yeah, I, I know it's more polarizing. I, I knew it would be more polarizing. It was in our internal testing. It, it just had a steep learning curve. If you people, new players against new players loved it. Experienced people with the set versus experienced people loved it. Um, but yeah, like if, if there was ever a gap in experience levels with that particular set with War, it it tended to like end up with people being unhappy, um, which we, we sort of saw in internal testing, and I, I think I saw it reflected in the real world. Okay, let's move ahead. To, we have one more set here that's actually has come out. Let's talk yeah. about uh, Ikoria. Yeah, Ikoria. Uh, so yeah, again, uh, yet another really ambitious set. Don't worry, my next some <laughs> coming up are not as ambitious, but. Uh, yeah, Ikoria is super ambitious. I mean, I, I feel like we we went all in on the, you know, build build a monster concept. I mean, I, I feel more and more just about some of my own design goals and where we want to be. I, I Right. So, some people felt that there was stuff to take out of the set. Like, you know, I talked about Omen Cat that I think had too much. I mean, I, I think some people felt that way about Ikoria, but like, whereas in Omen Cat it was a whole bunch of disparate 
mechanics. Like I, I feel like Ikoria was a lot of stuff, but it was all pointing towards one thing, and that was the note that we wanted to hit. Like it was all about making awesome monsters. So I was I was hesitant to pull back there. And, and again, I I think it was correct in the way that we approached that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think mutates a ton of fun. Like all the mechanics you know, pulled well in our testing internally. And I think that's pretty much reflected externally. I mean, obviously companion we overshot on and I, you know, I wish, wish I could go back and uh, reevaluate how, you know, where we were. I mean, I, I am still, you know, I'm still of the mind that, yeah, companion was certainly had huge potential upside. I'm great. I'm glad that, you know, we, we were willing to take risks like we did with companion. Um, yeah. I mean, we overshot, um, but I, I think there were very big upsides there in ways that other cards or mechanics don't deliver on and then fail us. And, you know, it, it was more like, well, why did you try that? I, I feel like there was something for people to really latch on to with Companion. Um, if, yeah, if we got it exactly right, I think, yeah, the, the landing strip was pretty small for that. <laughs> yeah, but one of the things that's interesting as I look at sort of the history here is... I find you sort of coming into your own, like I, I, some of the early sets, you know, you were sort of finding yourself, but like, if you look at, I feel like Ikoria and, um, Dominaria and War of the Spark that, you, you know, you've just been, I, I mean, all three of those sets, for example, were sets that I handed off to you and I was really happy with all, how all of them turned out. I thought you did a great job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I hope we're all still learning and getting better at our jobs in certain ways. I mean, I, you know, th those are those three, the last three sets are all. So, I mean, also the sets that I did the set design lead on. I mean, I, I do think our process is helped out here and that it just affords, yeah, it, it affords more time for us to iterate through some of the people that, you know, iterate through some of the process that we need to with some of the people that we need to. And that there's, yeah, there's just more, there's more space for the final designer to sort out stuff before we need to start committing to like art concepts and all sorts of other stuff. There, there yeah, just more wiggle room. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I mean, otherwise, yeah, I, I hope to think that I'm still learning with each set. So, so I, I'm almost to my desk here. So uh, any final thoughts? as someone who's lived, breathed magic for a long, long time? Uh, yeah, on party notes, I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, right, yeah, I mean, I, I love, I love what I do. I love, I love, you know, giving people challenges. I love trying to explore a new space. I mean, I, you know, as I've mentioned, I, I do, I am interested in pushing boundaries, um, you know, I, but at the same time, I, I still love what magic is. I mean, I know I've, sort of internally heard, you know, pe people that get concerned when like, oh, lead designers, like, you know, th this person doesn't really love magic anymore. They're trying to make it something else. And I, I guess, you know, one of the things for me is, no, I mean, I, I really love, you know, original magic. I love, you know, core, you know, kind of core magic. I mean, I, I feel that can be seen in something like Dominaria. Like, uh, you know, I, I, you know, you, you don't need a lot of new shiny things or your external things or whatever else. Like, you know, when, when I'm doing stuff, Right. I, I'm out there trying to, yeah, just, just give people new experiences, new ways to think about the game. I mean, I, I, you know, despite his shortcomings companion, I do think got really people to really think about various aspects of deck building and how, you know, card evaluation and in, in, in ways that were, I, I, yeah, I, I hope good for a lot of people that engaged with those cards. 
Well, anyway, Dave, I want to thank you for being with us. Um, but it looks like I've arrived at my desk. So we all know all what right. that means. This is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So, Dave, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thank you, everyone. And, guys, I will see you all next time. Bye-bye.